What up, what up, what up, everyone? This is the Dr. Football Podcast. My name is Dr. Dennis Tian. I'm here as always with my main man, the CEO of Hedge Better, Justin Fine. Justin, how are you tonight, my friend? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm hanging in there. Long night for both of us, I feel like. Uh, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm doing pretty good. I'm just uh, sitting at home, chilling, watching the Raiders, Rams, another another bang up Thursday night game uh, that that we that we that we endure. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm hoping at least like maybe this is one of those situations where it's like you get two crappy teams and you actually get a good game out of it. You know what I mean? There, there's a little bit of a rooting interest if you're a Patriots fan because uh, the Raiders have won three games in a row. The Patriots and the Raiders play next week. And oh, by the way, the Raiders are really like breathing down the Patriots' neck for that last wild card spot. I would not count them out yet. So uh, for a Patriots fan, it's actually at least somewhat relevant. Yeah, I mean, at this point, every game is, uh, it, I feel like, is relevant for us. I mean, you know, I, I I I didn't even think the Raiders had a chance though to still make the playoffs. Like, aren't they mathematically eliminated? Or they are not at all They're mathematically. Okay. Five and seven, and the Patriots are six and six. The Chargers are six and six, and the Jets are seven and five. The Raiders are right in it. If they win tonight, they're they're going to be able to beat the Patriots next week and leapfrog them. Um, I believe the Raiders beat the chargers or did they lose narrowly but i think they still have another game with them later this year so like really the raiders are not out of it what a what a dog though justin this this whole what a disaster this whole thursday night football thing has been on amazon prime right like this huge investment the league just totally sold out this whole thing to prime it is such a pain in the ass to log on to amazon prime to watch a game and then they got what they deserve because every single one of these games has just been a total skunk, save for like one or two here and there, right? They've gotten terrible games all year. It's just been a total disaster. I have to think the viewership is like really low for these games because who's going to pop onto Amazon Prime to watch a game like this? Yeah, and they got those like stupid musical performances that like nobody cares about, like in you know, they're they're spending money in these big name artists, but I don't know a single person that's like gone for the halftime performance. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's just been one. But I, I I watch these games and like I honestly feel bad for Al Michaels because I'm like, you know, I mean, this guy is used to calling the best game of the week. That Sunday night game is almost always a marquee game. They have the flex scheduling. You know, late in the year when there's a game that's a dog, they put a good game in. Al Michaels has called very few, you know, irrelevant games in the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years of his career as a broadcaster. And now this year, he's stuck on Amazon Prime through his own choice, mind you, um, calling these really lousy games with lousy teams that I think the ratings are way down for this at this point. No one's really even watching them. Uh, I almost feel bad for the guy when I when I listen to him. Yeah, I mean, is, is this the last one of the, the season, or is it, we're coming up in the last one? Right, Thursday night games. I don't think they got too much longer, do they? They they got a few left. I think there's like three or four left. I think they stop in the last week, but I think you know, I think they go right up through through the next to last week usually. Okay, yeah. So I mean, yeah, you know, you got it. It does stink. I mean, look, I'll always take football as opposed to no football. 
But I mean, it just really seems like, you know, the Thursday night games have gotten the short end of the stick as compared to like the Sunday night and the Monday night games over the last couple of years. Like, you know what I mean? I think they kind of treat it as like, all right, everyone's just itching for football this week. We'll throw anything at them and they'll be happy with it. Exactly. And it's like, it's, it's, it's look, if, if, if you, if you love tacos and you only have tacos once a week, then taco day is a special day. But if you have tacos, you know, every three or four days, then taco day on Sunday becomes just a little bit less special. So like, I, I think that Thursday night football, you know, I think sometimes it takes away from the, the magic, the, 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 the enjoyment of the week, to be honest with you, because part of the fun was like building your appetite up for football on the weekend, Sunday and Monday night and enjoying it. But, you know, for all the bad things we say about it, I have to say, I watch it every Thursday night. I watch every, pretty much every game, no matter how bad it is, because like you said, some football is better than none. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, I'll take the worst football game at this point over like the best NBA game or or something like that, you know? So, I mean, look, at the end of the day, I'm still watching. And a lot of people agree with you. And that's why, and that's why the NFL is still, is still king. And that's why, that's why all these, you know, networks and pay top dollar to keep these games. Because at the end of the day, the majority of the American sports viewing public agrees with you. But let's let's get into a little bit about what's going on around the league, Justin. And uh, this was the bye week for the mini bye week for the Patriots. They go 11 days without without playing a game, um, playing last Thursday night, and then not until Monday. Sort of an unusual situation, probably the most unusual schedule that the Patriots have ever had. Um, four straight national TV games was the original plan. I don't think I can ever remember that. Even at the height of the Belichick Brady dynasty and and in the national appeal of this team, I'm not sure I can ever remember them playing four straight national television games. But but this is this this is a unique situation. Um, this 11 day gap, I thought, provided a really great opportunity for this team to go in a different direction on the play calling and and to replace Matt Patricia from his role as offensive coordinator. I thought this was an oasis in the middle of a barren desert that, that to get a 11 or 12 day break this late in the season, after you've already had your bye week given the struggles of this offensive team, which I think are really unique. I thought this was a great chance for them to pull the trigger. And then Bill Belichick this week came out and really pretty emphatically supported Matt Patricia saying that, you know, that, that, that there was no way they could change at this week that 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 it would be too difficult and and at this point in the season to change the offensive coordinator and i thought how ridiculous is that because first of all teams do it all the time and second of all we're talking about the guy in bill belichick that cut lawyer malloy four days before the season that that traded richard seymour before the season started we're talking about the guy that you know um that bench Drew Bledsoe for Tom Brady. Like Bill Belichick has made a million super difficult decisions in interest of his team that, that have sometimes been grossly unpopular in his locker room. And, and, and yet here he is saying to the media and the fans that he can't do this right now because it's too difficult. It's too hard to change at this point in time. I thought it was bogus, Justin. I thought it was BS. 
I thought, I thought that, 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 you know, a change was clearly appropriate. We've talked about it ad nauseum. What do you think about Belichick basically telling Patriots nation this week that there's no way he's replacing Matt Patricia until at least this off season? Yeah, I think that was a big kind of, uh, I don't know. It's almost, I think it's just like spitting in the team, uh, in the face of like your team. Like, I mean, like I get the message it sends to the fans, but like, what type of message does that send to your team? Like you have a young quarterback who is clearly frustrated. We talked about him, you know, kind of letting that frustration out the moment that was captured in the sidelines, like last week against the bills, like screaming at Patricia, you know, throw the damn ball, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, it, it clearly says that you're you're sticking with like your loyalty um and your relationship with Patricia over the benefit of the team, like the benefit of the team long term, like the benefit of the team for this season, the benefit of your own quarterback, like and as you mentioned, also the benefit of the fans like who support you and like are, are looking to, you know, bounce back. I saw that the Patriots haven't had a, a playoff win since two thousand eighteen and I thought to myself, Wow, like that is just so different from what we're used to around here. I mean, yeah, I, it just stinks that there's no sense of urgency to uh, to right the ship. I mean, we're talking about Bill Belichick, a guy that has made so many unpopular moves in the locker room, right? Uh, around personnel and other decisions over the years. The thing that would distinguish this thing with Matt Patricia, and you tell me if you think that this is wrong, because I, I think this is right, is that the locker room would be behind Bill Belichick, right? If 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 he decided to go in another direction on Matt Patricia, based on what we've heard from this offense, what we heard from Mac Jones and Kendrick Bourne and even Devonta Parker and Jacoby Myers a little bit last week, isn't it apparent that the the players on this team would hardly be, you know, distraught over losing Matt Patricia as their offensive coordinator? Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the biggest things that, you know, to me, I've always kind of, I, I, look, and, and you can say it's, um, you know, it, it's always been like the genius Bill Belichick. He's always kind of, you know, gone with his gut. Like, he doesn't really, you know, listen. I, 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 it does At least it doesn't seem like, you know, he listens to what the players have to say. Um, but, I mean, look, this, you know, you're, you're really just telling your players, like, look, um, you know, I, I, I hear you, but I don't hear you at the same token. And that's that's a real quick way to lose the locker room. Absolutely. It is. And, and I think that, I think that's, that's a lot of, I think that's very much in game, you know, what's happening right now in this locker room. Like these guys are clearly not bought into the Matt Patricia thing. I mean, that, that is, that's, I think one of the biggest reasons why you have to get rid of this guy, like immediately, because clearly these players, and it's not just one or two of them, You've heard from several of them, which means it's probably the majority of them, if not all of them. None of them are performing better. You look across the board, pretty much everyone on this offense is performing worse than they performed last year from the quarterback to the linemen to the receivers to the tight ends to all the above. All performing worse. Um, I don't think many of them believe in this system. I don't think many of them believe in this coaching staff or at least the offensive coaching staff. And Without question, if if they made that decision tomorrow, I mean, the locker room would one hundred percent be behind that that decision. There would not be one tear shed to, for Matt Patricia 
Matt Patricia's demise as offensive coordinator. I'm sorry. Um, now we saw a lot of um, a lot of buzz this week, Justin, about Bill O'Brien and his contract being up at Alabama this year. And you're already starting to hear the buzz and the rumors floating that O'Brien wants to come back to the NFL, that he's willing to talk to the Patriots. I feel like when things trickle into the mainstream media like that, it's not by accident. My guess is that O'Brien is making it known or someone in the know is making it known that that O'Brien is very interested in coming back to Foxborough. What's your take on a potential return of Bill O'Brien this offseason to New England? You know, I don't hate it. I mean, I, I, I really don't have anything against Bill O'Brien. You know, I kind of like him. Um, I, you know, you you wonder if uh, I, one of the things that makes me wonder is if, if honestly we're not ready to like turn the chapter as like an organization. Like, why do we keep having to go back to like the same old faces, like the same people who have been here? before time in and time out like why why are we not able to like develop in in grow and like bring new faces into the program that can ascend and take the ranks and like you know carve out a role for themselves like why like you know what i mean like it just seems like it's more the same and like i I would take bill o'brien over matt patricia and i'm not even really knocking bill o'brien it's just like weird that we have to keep going back to like the same old rotation of people that it's been for like the last two decades almost like and, and, and look we've said before that like you know you've brought up that this organization has had like a an exodus of talent over the last couple of years like in the front office and the coaching staff and you know my counter to that has always been well it's the patriots it's a great jumping off point for for those trying to make their bones and then move up in the league um but at a certain point like you almost wonder like doesn't there need to be some sort of emphasis on on retaining some of these these homegrown guys and bringing some young, fresh faces in who will be here for longer than just a couple years. I mean, it just seems like we keep putting Band-Aids in the problem instead of uh, instead of really trying to fix it. Yeah, well, I think, look, every cloud is a silver lining, and every silver lining has a cloud. And I think that one of the downsides of having a coach that is so firmly entrenched, like Bill Belichick, you know, there are a lot of ups to having Belichick. You know, I mean, I think, I think the up, pro-con ratio is getting narrower and narrower with each passing year. We've talked extensively about that. That said, there are a lot of ups to having a coach like Bill Belichick. But one of the downsides is is when a guy is that entrenched for 20 years as your head coach, it limits upward mobility of younger people to rise into positions of power in the organization, either in the personnel department or in the coaching department. And if you're a young coach and you want to climb up um, to be a head coach one day, if you're a guy that's looking at an ascendancy, I can see why you'd want to leave New England where, where Belichick is so firmly entrenched at the top of this organization. I think, I think that, that it's a double-edged sword, like everything else. And in this case, you know, Belichick's it's it's one of the things when yeah you really have to think about because I mean you're if you're going to hang on to a guy like Belichick and we're seeing more and more that there is a downside to Bill Belichick right there is a downside to the way he does things the personnel stuff hasn't been great the way he treats the media and explains things perhaps there are issues in the locker room he's stubborn maybe the game has passed him by well maybe you add this to the list of downsides young talented coaches don't have upward mobility in this system. And and maybe maybe there's there there's a point where, you know, it becomes less favorable to to keep Belichick around because 
of all of these reasons added up. Yeah, I, I look, I'm, and, and I'm through the grapevine. I mean, you know, when I say grapevine, I just mean like, you know, friends, you know, people in the area. Um, yeah, you know, it, it seems like the frustrations with with Belichick are are growing. Right. And, you know, we talk in depth on this podcast about, you know, how just how responsible he is and, you know, what's his role and, you know, has he lost his touch here and, you know, what should he have done there? Um, but I think in general, overall, right, for general Patriots fans, maybe like whether people, you know, want to take a look at, at, at the deeper picture, whether people even care about the deeper picture, it just seems like for a lot of people, they're looking back at the the failures this year, you know, the the blown opportunities, the lack of development, the having the wrong pieces in place. And for them, it's just all coming back on Belichick's shoulders. And you know what? I, I can't really say that people are wrong for that. You know what I mean? So, like, the fact that, like, having Belichick has also hindered our growth and development, you know, in our front office and on our coaching staff, and now we're starting to see it actually, now we're seeing all of that translate into a hindrance on the field and our team's performance and our ability to satisfy the fans. Like, you know, I, I really wouldn't be surprised if, you know, the the fans come calling for his head soon. And that's crazy. You you wouldn't think you'd say that about a coach who's probably going to end up with the, the most wins all time in the NFL and, you know, the most Super Bowls and and all that, but I mean, someone who was regarded for such a genius for such a long time, but it, it just really feels like, you know, maybe that doomsday clock is creeping a little bit, you know, ahead. It, it is, than we Justin. It, don't forget that Bill Belichick's salary came out, leaked into the media right. this week. It was a study or some magazine did a study, but his, his salary was in the study and it was the highest salary of any coach in professional sports right. and certainly in well. I mean, can you honestly say that for the last three seasons, and I think three seasons is an eternity in the NFL today, the, the, the era of a 10-year or five-year or seven-year program, that's long gone. That's the 1970s and maybe the 80s. You're looking right now at a league that turns itself over on an almost college-like way every one to three, two to four years, right? So a three-year window, is an eternity in the NFL. We're coming up on the end of Belichick's third year post-Tom Brady. Can you honestly say that the pay that he has received the last three years has been commensurate with the performance on the field in terms of how this team is coached on the field? Because if you're just looking at the last three years, I see a team that I would have a hard time saying – is anything more than an averagely coached teams and at time has been worse. And I can't believe those words are even crossing my lips because I was always a Belichick Cody. I was always a Belichick guy, but I, and, and three years ago when the whole Brady Belichick thing went down, I was on team Belichick. Okay. For like a year, but I have to call them as I see them. And this has not been a well-coached team for three years, right? Mistakes, penalties, red zones, offense, late season swoons, all the things that we used to attribute to Belichick's coaching brilliance and why the Patriot way was what it was. Belichick was what it was. It's all become the opposite for the last three years. Has, has the pay been commensurate with the performance? Not it. I mean, not at all. I don't, I don't, I think you'd be hard pressed to find anybody that says it has been. Um, 
Oh, you're wrong. They're out there. There, there are there are people out there that are still that that, you, that will not allow you to question Bill Belichick. Th- th- those people are still out there that 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 are so hung up on what happened 10, 5, 10, 15 years ago that that they're just totally blinders to everything that's happened the last three years. Well, I mean, look, I mean, you know, this my simple point would be reduce it to its highest level like you're the highest paid coach in sports and you haven't won a playoff game since the 2018 season right so this is what the fourth year now and we're going on year four without a without a playoff win um so yeah yeah, absolutely four years yeah we're going on four years so like that doesn't sound like the the highest paid coach in sports, but, but you know it's, I mean? it's it's more, it's more than just that. You're right. I mean, four years without a playoff win is is bad. But look, this is a super competitive league, and and, I, and there there's some chance in that too. Fine. Did this franchise have a plan for Tom Brady's departure? No, they blew it. Did this franchise have a plan when they when they when they when they moved on from Cam Newton? No, they just went from one thing to the next to the next. They they blew. This transition to, did they have a plan when when Matt, Josh McDaniels left? No, they didn't. They they brought in Matt Patricia and Joe Judge because because there was no plan. What has this organization, big picture wise, under Bill Belichick's leadership, what have they actually done right in the last three years? And I'm I'm not trying to sound like I'm anti Belichick, but they have pretty much blown everything that that in terms of like big decisions. That, that that they could possibly blow over the last three or four years. Yeah, I mean, I I agree completely. Like you know, it's it it just doesn't seem like even I'm just trying to think off the top of my head right now. Like games or things or just reasons to look back over the last couple of years and say, huh, you know, oh this was this was great. Thank God for Belichick because we did that, or oh this team was able to do this or accomplish that, or take a step in this like there just really hasn't been anything like I feel like as Patriots fans like we really want something uh positive we want something to to hang our hats on that tells us everything's going to be okay and we're still the Patriots and like we're dying to find that right whether that's you know taking solace in the fact that we made it back to the the playoffs last year like taking solace in the fact that like oh we think Mac Jones has potential or, oh, you know, some of our our draft picks from this year look good, the Marcus and and Jack Jones, whatever it is. But, like, ultimately, like, nothing has happened over the last couple years that makes me think, oh, this is a well-run organization in good hands and we're we're heading in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's a huge part of the problem, too, is is the direction, the direction they're headed in. Because, you know, I think people would be willing to tolerate a rebuild if they felt like there was a plan and they felt like there was a direction. But there really hasn't been one. It's been literally, it feels like fly by the seat of your ass. I mean, the Cam Newton thing, I think, is one of the best examples of that. How about the free agency class from last year, right? Was that a well-managed and well-orchestrated use of Robert Kraft's money in retrospect? We're two years past that class. Nelson Aguiar, you know, John U. Smith, Hunter Henry, more or less non-factors. Maybe there are other factors and reasons that go into that beyond the individual performances. I don't know. But, but it doesn't feel like there's really been a plan. Or direction. It just feels like everything that they've had the opportunity they to 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 handle to to manage to move forward in this transition, they failed. And and I think this Patricia Judge thing is really it is not it is the latest, but it is not the only example of that. So 
you know, if you're talking Belichick salary, um, it, it's hard to justify spending this kind of money on this kind of performance. I mean, it, this has been really bad the last three years. I, I really, I mean, I just, I just can't emphasize that enough. Yeah, no, very bad. Um, look, I would even, I would venture to say that in the last, in the last three years, the best thing this organization has done, like, is I, I don't know, maybe, maybe bring in Matt Judon. Like, that's like the only successful thing like they've done. Like, they're they're tight ends of for lack of you know for or, you know for lack I guess of overall performance have have been a bust. Like Hunter Henry looked like he he was really promising last year. Been a complete bust this year. Like there are uh, the receivers they brought in have been a bust. Like Mac Jones, like a lot of doubts over whether he's the the next franchise quarterback. Like the the coaches he's brought in have been a bust. Um, do you know what I mean? Like it, it, he really, yeah. there just really hasn't been much. Like I almost feel silly saying that like signing Matt Judon was the best thing we've done in the last couple of years. But like, I think back and like, I, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong. Can you think of anything better that's been done? Like anything that's been any decision that's been made that's had a more positive impact than bringing him in? Well, well, I would, I would, I would argue that you could potentially consider drafting Mac Jones to be a great move, but then, even if you're going to say that you believe in Mac Jones, which you have more than reason to doubt him at this point, but even if you're going to say that you believe in him, look at what you've surrounded him with, right? You, you bring in Mac Jones. He has a great rookie year. What do you do his second year? You throw out the coach. You don't bring in another real coach. You bring in a bunch of defensive guys to coach him. Okay. And you surround him with a patchwork offensive line. Your top, target in free agency is a journeyman aging slow wide receiver when everyone else has number one targets so you know what i'm saying like it, even if you if you want to say mac jones was was a good decision they've done nothing to get the best out of him um over the over the last years they've, they've done nothing but created you know uncertainty confusion uh, around him they've done nothing but undermine him um and not put him in the best position to succeed yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I agree completely. Like, and that, I think that also includes uh, the shaky offensive line. You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 I respected the move, bring it back Trent Brown, because, you know, in his first stint around, was probably one of the best offensive linemen in the league, uh, you know, instrumental in winning a Super Bowl here. And then you bring him back, and, like, how many times have we, like, shrugged our shoulders and said, Jesus Christ, like, this guy has made – so many drive killing plays. I mean, so uh, yeah, drive killing uh, like penalties. Um, in you know, it seems like some of their other draft picks haven't worked out. Um, yeah, it's it it's just been awful. It it really has been, and it's 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 tough to watch, and it's even tougher to watch when you hear comments like we alluded to earlier with Belichick saying that there were no rush to fix something that clearly all of us, you know, on the outside can see there's a problem. And even on the outside, uh, the inside, you know, on the inside, exactly. the players in the locker room. How about Vance Johnson? Did you see the defensive coordinator for Arizona? What he said today? No. He said he was talking about the Patriots' offense, and he said it was very obvious that their plays were called by a defensive coach on offense. Because like <laughs> someone asked him about well, the Patriots. I mean, that's just a huge shot across the bow. Um, other teams, other players are are are, are mocking this this franchise now which is just unimaginable a few years ago it has been 
since the day Tom Brady left, a disaster for the New England Patriots. Um, it really has. No, no, I know there's around 500, and they could be much worse. But this was supposed to be Bill Belichick. This was supposed to be the dynasty. Okay, now we're grasping to mediocrity, okay, to say, well, it could be worse. Of course it could be worse. Bill Belichick still has strengths as a coach. We know that. But none of us, none of us expected as much to go wrong as has gone wrong over the last three years. I'm sorry. If, if you don't think that this organization is not running well, as well as it used to, in many different ways, totally independent of the Tom Brady thing, then you have your head in the sand. You're, you're totally blind, which, which kind of leads me to my next question to you, which is that we, we talked about Bill O'Brien coming in. A part of me wonders if, 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 if this is the year, if this is the start, if this is how it starts, if, if, if Bill O'Brien coming back to New England or the buzz we're hearing around Brian coming, O'Brien coming back to New England is really the start of, of the transition plan away from Belichick to someone else. I mean, I don't want our next head coach to be Bill O'Brien. You know what I mean? Like, let's let's go find like the next, like the next uh, um, Sean McVay, or like even at this point, like the guy in uh, the guy in Miami, Mike Mike McDaniel, that we all thought was like a big nerd, like coming into the the year. Like, turns out like he's actually a good coach, and the players love him. Um, like, let's let's bring like some young, fresh faces in. Like, I. Like I, I I don't know I'd be very disappointed, um you know even someone like uh like what's his name um Gerard Mayo who like we've said a lot of people think he should be running that defense like I I I don't know I I don't want to see Bill O'Brien come in and take over as the next head coach of the Patriots. I I wouldn't mind it personally to be honest with you I really wouldn't like I think he he did a good job with Deshaun Watson we have a young quarterback that needs coaching that needs development. Um, I think he was a decent coach when he when he was in Houston. I, I mean, I, I don't think he was a great coach, but I think he was a good coach. And I, I wouldn't mind giving him a second chance, especially because, honestly, this team needs to develop a quarterback, whether it's Mac Jones or someone else. And I think that is the one thing that I think Bill O'Brien could do. And and as far as I'm concerned, you know, bringing a guy in like that and, 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 and getting that next quarterback is going to win you more games than, than – than, anything so i actually wouldn't hate it if bill o'brien was the next one i mean I, w- I would love to see gerard mayo be the next coach too and i'd love to see a gerard mayo be the coach and bill o'brien be the offensive coordinator that would be a terrific coaching staff too but but you know i mean really justin what i really want to be honest is that is i want belichick to figure it out i want him to coach for five more years and i and i want and i want you know this whole situation to tighten up and just the the, the mistakes and the dysfunction and, and the the bizarre things to stop. That, that's really what I want, but I, I don't know. You know, I'm starting to wonder when I hear all this smoke around Bill O'Brien's name, if, if, and you know, some really informed people, Albert Breer, Peter King starting to throw out there that this might be the end for Belichick in New England. I mean, you know, that kind of speculation often comes with, 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 with a tip or, you know, uh, an off the record information. I, it makes me wonder. It really does. Yeah, no, I mean, you, I guess at this point you can't rule it out. Um, and that's, that's really what's sad, right? Is that like, you know, I don't know. I mean, just, the, the the guy the guy who want in in me that wants a happy ending you know what I mean like it's sad that you look at our dynasty 
and you say that, okay, like, obviously, like, you know, Robert Kraft was a big part of it, but the two main components were Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. And you had Brady run out of town um, while he still had plenty of years left in him and apparently another Super Bowl or two in him, um, and we let him go. And now you're going to see Belichick kind of have his reputation, in my, in my, you know, in my opinion, tarnished. Um, and have him leave here, you know, on a, on a very low note as well. It's just ne- kind of a sad ne- way. It is. I mean, ne- never in a thousand years would I have, if you asked me five years ago, what's going to happen yeah. after Brady, I would have said the dynasty continues as long as Belichick is the coach of this team. And I believed in all of this stuff, Patriot way and everything, the genius of Belichick believed in all of that. It is just the wheels are just completely falling off, more or less the last few years. I mean, I mean, you know, save for a, a slight improvement in the draft, maybe the last two seasons, okay. But by and large, it is just all falling apart. And I would, I never ever for once thought that as long as Bill Belichick was still coaching this team, that we would see the kind of performance on the field we've seen, and, and that this this franchise would be just so so stuck in mediocrity. Um, very quickly, Justin, because I want to get some stuff around the league. Um, any thoughts about the game Monday night in Arizona? Um, the Patriots are really, I would say, in a must-win situation now, for real, at this point. Yeah, Patriots in a must-win situation, like definitely. Um, I saw that they were, they opened up as the betting favorite. Um, they're like a point and a half favorites heading into uh, Arizona. I mean, you know, it, it, it's tough here because I, I do think that the Patriots should be a better team. Like, I think the Patriots, you know, I think they have a better defense. Um, I think they have a better coach. You know, they, they should win this game. But, like, look, like De- DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown are two very good receivers. And when do we see the Patriots struggle? When they got a matchup against very good receivers, this is a problem. And a mobile quarterback. And, and, and a, a, exactly, quarterback. and a mobile quarterback. These are these are issues that have not only plagued them this year, but going back to last year um, and the year before that. So, you know, the, I wouldn't be surprised to see an Arizona Cardinals team come out and uh, and put up a very good fight and potentially beat us. You know what I mean? Like Kyler Murray, you know, he hasn't been the most consistent quarterback, but. When he's on, he's very dangerous. Um, he's he's as, as explosive as they come. Uh, he's got some good playmakers, you know. And uh, and look, that defense isn't a good defense, but they're not an awful defense. So I, you know, I I am a little worried about the Patriots. Yeah, I I agree with that, and I I think that you know, as you alluded to, the, the wide receivers that Arizona has, the mobile quarterback that's been a problem for this franchise for this defense for years i also think that other side of the coin cliff kingsbury i mean these are the kind of teams bill belichick feasts on right and i think i think this arizona team is a dysfunctional team i think that they're they're they make a lot of mistakes i I don't think they play well they have some talent I, i think i think the patriots will win this game um i think i think that belichick this is where Belichick will will flex his muscle and 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 show that he's still a terrific X's and O's coach and he's going to be able to design some kind of way to, to get the best out of this team. Um, but I will say this, Justin, um, I, I think the Patriots win this week and I think their season effectively ends the following week against the Raiders because I think this Raiders team is playing better and I just have a bad feeling about that game. And I think once you get to seven losses, 
then you're counting on someone else to get you into the playoffs. And um, that's never a good spot to be in, especially given their schedule coming up. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm, I'm just going to be real. I like, you know, just given the last five opponents in the schedule, right? I believe it's what you go, you go Arizona, you go, uh, you go Raiders, then you go. Um, was it Cincinnati? Then, uh, then the D- Bills, and then Dolphins, something like that. Dolphins, right? Bills. Dolphins, Bills. Bills. I mean, yeah. given given those last five games, I give the Patriots almost a zero percent chance of going five and zero. Oh. Like that's just yeah. my personal opinion, you know. Totally. So it's to me, it's a matter of okay, can you limit it to 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 seven eight losses? Can you finish nine and eight? Can you finish ten and seven? And if you're somehow able to 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 do that, I mean. You're still going to need some help, but maybe that'll be enough to to hopefully get you a seven seed. But I mean, at this point, like I'd be very shocked to see the Patriots um, avoid another loss and, and and walk right into the playoffs. Any any path to the playoffs for, for the Patriots this year has to involve winning against Arizona and the Raiders, exactly. Because you're not going to run the gamut against those last three teams. It's so hard to see this team doing that right now. So I think. You know, the path for them is they, they win these next two games, they take care of business, and then, you know, you get Cincinnati at home. I mean, Cincinnati's playing as good as anyone in the league. You got to hope for some somehow they come out and they lay an egg in your stadium. Maybe it's cold. Maybe you get a couple turnovers, something like that. You're able to run the ball, control the game. I don't know. Um, you got Miami coming up here in January, New Year's Day. They never play well up here in the cold. Uh, generally speaking, though, they did win up here three or four years ago at the end of Brady's last year. Uh, as a general rule, you know, I think the Patriots will have a chance in that game just based on that alone. And then you go to Buffalo last week. So, I mean, that, that's the path. But but I agree with you. It's a daunting path. And I think we'll both agree that if they lose one of these next two games, you know, the path isn't 100% closed mathematically, but for all intents and purposes, is is closed. Yeah, I mean, you really and and I was looking at uh, and I, I don't have it in front of me, but I was looking earlier at the other teams um, right now that are currently occupying the wild card, and I believe it was uh, it's like it's the Ravens, it's the um, it's the Jets and uh, the the Dolphins, right? The 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 Dolphins, Ravens, and Jets. So like, you got to hope for one of those two teams to collapse and I'll tell you what like it's not going to be the dolphins um even the Ra- the ravens might be your best chance now that they've lost Lamar and they're already they're already hurt um on offense but like still I think that I don't think that's a team that's going to completely fall off the, the the wagon and the jets like I mean you know the jets might not be the best you know the the best team in the league but they can win games with that uh with that roster and, and that coach. So and that quarterback. And, and that quarterback, exactly. So you're really fighting an uphill battle because like all three of the teams that are above you for a wild card, I mean, I don't know. I just don't see them having some sort of epic collapse. But you know, we'll see. Anything could happen. It's the NFL. Well, I mean, look, you know the other side of the coin though, I mean look look this week. I mean, everything kind of uh, the Patriots, I don't say everything went right because Baltimore won and um and uh, Cincinnati won, but, but, you know, the Patriots caught a lot of breaks on Sunday where like, if you were feeling bad from that Buffalo game and you certainly should have been, Hey, look, everything, the the way things broke on Sunday, it kind of put the Patriots right back into the race. I mean, six and six now, you know, a, a game behind the jets holding the tiebreaker for that last playoff spot. 
um, is not totally out of it as long as they take care of business on their end in the next two weeks. Yeah, I mean, and now you know, I I just pulled up the uh, the list. I mean, look, the Patriots, Patriots are definitely still in the hunt. But I mean, look, you know, you're you're still last in your division right now. You know what I mean? Like, you're gonna have to overcome That's the Jets. Like, you, last place, last place, man. Like, the Chargers are still six and six. They get the same record as you. Um, you know, the Bengals and the Ravens both eight and four. Uh, you know, the the, the Titans seven. So I mean, yeah. It's it you're fighting an uphill battle at this point. You really are. You you're um you got three teams in front of you that you really need to 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 fall behind. And not only that, but you still got another team in the Chargers that are right there competing with you, waiting for one of those teams to fall behind. So yeah, it's just it's just a big uphill battle right now. Yeah, it really is. Is no there there's no question about it. All right, let's talk a little bit about some stuff, Justin, that happened around the league this week. Um, I want to start in Tampa Bay on Monday night. I was really surprised to hear that that was only the first time that Brady had come back from 13 down in the fourth quarter because he's had like 40-something fourth-quarter comebacks. He's known to be a, 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 a comeback quarterback. I know he's had some big comebacks of multiple scores in his career, but apparently all of them were partially in the third quarter too. What a What a – transcendent performance from Brady really shows once again, why he's one of the all time greats. Yeah, no, I'm actually shocked to, uh, to hear that. I never in a million years would have guessed that's his first, uh, fourth quarter comeback of 13 points or more. Um, I, I would have said he's done it. Super Bowl against Atlanta. The only other one was in the postseason. That was in the regular, regular. Uh, That was his first. I mean, yeah, no, that's, that's still crazy to me, but I mean, um, yeah, no, it, 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 it really just, uh, it really just showed that this guy can still go out there and, and, and can play like this Bucks team. You know, I, they really haven't been able to put it all together all year, but as long as they have him, they will still be dangerous in any game um, for, for, for any stakes. So uh, yeah, it, you know what? It was, uh, it was, it was, it was actually kind of nice to go out and see that because you know what? Like, look, I don't have any hard feelings towards Tom. You know, you know, he's going through his divorce right now is his, his season hasn't been going the, you know, the, the way he wanted it to be. I mean, he obviously seemed like, you know, the greatest of all time made the decision to choose his sport over, you know, his marriage in in his family. Um, and, you know, when a guy makes that type of life changing decision, you know, you, you really hope it works out for him. You know, you don't want him to lose his family and his, uh, and, and his successful career. So, I mean, I, I personally, I, I liked seeing it, um, and you know what? It it uh it, it gave me some hope that the Bucs actually can still be a contender in the NFC. Yeah, see, I don't know. Like, let's remember that was against the Saints, who are a pretty pathetic team. That th- that was against Andy Dalton. I I I know that sort of the narrative right now is well, look, the Bucs are this dangerous team because because of Brady. And I, I'll never ever, you're never gonna catch me discounting Tom Brady because you're right, at the end of the day, I still think Brady could win any week against any team just because he's Brady at the same time that Bucks team is really terrible they they, they got they're they're almost Patriot like in some of the holes on that offense the offensive line is bad um they don't look like they're particularly well coached I mean Brady kind of willed them to victory against the bad team if you ask me I think that team is likely one and done 
in the playoffs. I really do. I, I don't think they win a game. I think, I think, I think that as great as Brady still is, and I still think he is great. That team is just too pathetic. Yeah. I, I, I mean, look, I, I still think I'd take uh, Brady in the box. Say if someone like Daniel Jones and the, in the, in the giants come to town or, um, you know, what Taylor Heineke and the commanders, somebody like that, or, um, you know what I mean? He, even I'd, I'd probably still even take him against like Geno Smith and the Seahawks or, you know, right. so, I mean, look, I, from that standpoint, I still don't count them out. I mean, is this a team that could potentially go out there now and beat like the, the, um, you know, the, the Cowboys or the Eagles, the 49ers? I don't know. I'm actually very intrigued for, uh, this weekend's matchup against, um, uh, against the 49ers out in San Francisco. I think that'll, That'll tell a lot. Um, speaking of San Francisco, um, my guy Brock Purdy, right? I brought him up at the beginning of the year. Yes, you know, did and uh, looked pretty. Good. Yeah, he he looked pretty good, and he's he's uh, he's gonna get the chance. And I thought it was also very telling too um, that the 49ers didn't scramble to bring in like a like a Baker Mayfield or somebody else. Like apparently they think like they can work with this kid. So I'm very excited. I, um, I, I think th- the. Rams- Mayfield on waivers though, Justin. I don't think they had the chance. So I thought. So I I think they did have the chance, but I know Shanahan said they weren't interested. He made some comments about like something like, you know, we had no plans to to bring Baker in. Like he he the way the Rams do have him right now. I think he's active for the game tonight. He's playing. He's yeah. playing quarterback for right. the Rams tonight. Right. Right. Exactly. So. Yeah. No, I, I think I, I, I agree. I mean, I think that, it, you know, certainly that we were going to talk in a few minutes about the Jimmy Garoppolo injury, but clearly it really, I think, takes a pretty wide open NFC and, and makes it a little bit wider open. Now, they're saying Garoppolo might be able to come back for the postseason, um, which is different than the initial report, um, which I think would be great because, I mean, that San Francisco team was looking like, uh, a legit title contender um, and probably a team that has as good a chance as anyone in the NFC, except for Philadelphia to make a run and, and, and losing Jimmy G. I mean, as a casual fan, I'm not a fan of the Niners. Like I want to see the best players out there. I don't want to see Brock Purdy. I'll do respect. Cause you did nail that call and he looked terrific as a, but I don't want to see Brock Purdy. I want to see Jimmy G. I want to see the quarterback. They've won 75% of their games with. I want to see the quarterback that took them to the a- NFC championship game last year, the Super Bowl two or three years ago. That's what I want to see. Cause I, cause I think that's, that's going to be great competition. So, so I hope Garoppolo can be back for the postseason. No, look, you know, it, it, just as a fan of football, you know, whether you hate a team or you don't care about a team, I mean, y- you hate to see a, a team like San Francisco that's just looked like a unit that's looked like they're in the upper echelon of teams in the NFL. Like, they really had a chance to compete, and then they lose, you know, one of their most key players um, in, in their quarterback, in, in Jimmy G. I mean, you really do hate to see it. Um, so, you know, look, I, I hope Jimmy G's able to, to, to come back as well. Um, but, I mean... You know, it's it's uh, it's tough to see. Who knows? We could be pleasantly surprised, and maybe this is still a uh, a formidable team with Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy looked like he could potentially hold his own. I mean, this is a team that, at its core, right? They have a good coach. They have a great defense. They have a bunch of weapons and a good and they line. Have play- 
They have a lot of guys that can like take a screen pass and turn into like a forty-yard touchdown. Right? They they are stacked with big playmakers: McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk. Like this is a team that has no shortage of of guys who can who can make big plays and, and bust an open, take one to the house. And like we said, they have one of the best defenses in the NFL right now. Um, their second half defense has been second to none. Um, you know, as as of late so far. So like, if they can get you know, average to above average play out of Brock Purdy. Like this is still a team that can be dangerous, that can win games and can make a run. Um, But nevertheless, it's, you, you obviously want to see a good team at full strength. You know, I I do agree with you that if there's any team in the NFL built to withstand this, uh, it's, it's probably the 49ers. I mean, like, I, I, you know, like you look at just how the team is built and they're going to be able to, to, to win games with Brock Purdy as their quarterback because because of all the factors that you alluded to you know they 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 hold down the stretch get in the playoffs I think I think they're pretty firmly entrenched in, in that division I could be wrong what's the lead on Seattle two games now you know they, they can win that division get Garoppolo back for the postseason I mean hey anything's still possible for that team. Yeah, it actually so look, I'm seeing right now they've they've won five in a row, right? This is a team that was, I believe, three and four. They're now eight and four. Um, but they do only have a one game lead on the Seahawks. So that's gonna be uh that's gonna be an interesting end to the season. The Cardinals can't catch them, the Rams can't catch them. Uh so it's just a matter of can they stay one game ahead of Seattle. Absolutely. Um, Justin, did Tua Tagliavoloa start to show some cracks in the armor this week against San Francisco? Are we just chalking that up to tough opponent, tough game on the road? Um, or, or, or is this going to be the start of, of, of maybe a little bit of coming back to earth for Tua? You know, I was down on Tua, down on that Miami team before the season started. Really, they've both proven me wrong this year and to the point where they've actually made me look stupid. They've been so good, too, as an MVP candidate. Um, you know, I took notice of his performance on Sunday. It was not a strong performance, even even in a loss. Um, I thought Tua played very, very poorly. Um, is this the start of of of, of maybe a regression uh, for Tua and the Dolphins back to what was more expected of them? Well, I don't want to jump the gun just yet, right? Because I know. Um... You know, Jalen Waddle, who's instrumental in the offense, he was banged up. He barely played. Um, I believe uh, the, the 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 backfield for Miami is a little banged up as well. Um, so the offense wasn't exactly at full strength. And uh, I think, if anything, really what it showcased was that the San Francisco defense is on another level and the Miami defense is is lacking, right? Like, that, to me, was the big difference. I mean... Tua didn't have a great game, um, but he didn't. The, the offense didn't look absolutely awful. I mean, he made a couple mistakes at the end. Um, turnover. Yeah, exa- exactly. A couple of big turnovers. Um, you know, I chalked that more up to just you know a, a long season. Uh, in in you know you're you're in San Francisco playing a really tough opponent. Um, so if, I I kind of give him a pass. I don't really know if that's like super indicative of anything else. But I will say that, like, look, you know, this offense has been successful for a reason, and that's been the ability to uh, be well-balanced, right? They've had a good rushing attack all year, and they've had um, a good playmakers. And Jalen Waddle has been, you know, almost overshadowed by how great Tyreek Hill has been. But Jalen Waddle has been phenomenal this year. So if Jalen Waddle's not healthy, 
and the running backs are not healthy, then I think that's obviously going to make it a lot harder for Tua and this offense to do their job, especially when you factor in that they have, like, you know, in my opinion, an average defense at best, right? There's nothing, um, you know, above average or world class about this defense. So um, I'm not ready to, to, to say that, you know, they're, they're cracking and breaking down just yet, um, but it will be interesting to, to see how healthy they are moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, like, I know they've had a great run here in the middle of the season, early part of the season. I just still think that team, I just don't think they're as good as as, as we think they are. And I think they're going to fall back a little. And, and maybe that's just me being a Patriots fan. Maybe that's me being stubborn and not wanting to, to, to admit that I was wrong about this team. But there's a part of me that still does not believe in the coach and does not believe in the quarterback. And I think that I think that you know you saw a little bit on Sunday in a tough spot against a tough team of them falling back. And I think I said this a few weeks ago. You know the Dolphins hit a stretch where a lot went right for them, and really the measure of a really good contending NFL team is their ability to handle things when things don't go right for them. This guy, this coach, maybe there's a little bit of like a beginner's luck or good feelings at the end how's he gonna hold that locker room together when things go wrong right he wants to be the loosey-goosey like fun guy you know the laid-back guy the goofy guy that approach has not worked very often for very many franchises if you look back on the history of the league maybe it will work in miami i don't know but i'm still really skeptical of it i feel like when things get rocky Give me the guy that has control of the locker room. Give me the guy that's like serious in mind and purpose over the guy that's like lighthearted and whimsical and wants to be everyone's buddy. And, and I could be wrong, but I feel like let's see what happens when they hit a rocky patch. As I just watched Derek Carr throw one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen, by the way. I don't know if you saw that. No, Did you I see that? No, I don't have it on, but it, literally, I would be more surprised oh. if you said he didn't. This is Zach Wilson asked. Uh, it really is awful. But, um, you know, like, give give me the guy that's that's a serious, you know, guy, an old school guy, over the guy that's like everybody's BFF, and, and let's see what happens when things don't go well and Tua doesn't play well and the turnovers stop piling up and the defense loses confidence in the offense or the offense loses confidence in the defense or you know something like that. You know, this guy can be able to hold that together. Everything's going well so far. I don't think so. I really don't. And, and I, I, I think that Miami team is going to pull back a little. I could be wrong. And don't forget, the weather's starting to turn, too. It's going to be cold in some of their games. They've got to come to New England to play. And then they got to go to the Jets to play at some point. Um, I, I just think they're going to face some adversity. Yeah, I mean, hey, I hope they do, right? And, uh, I mean, look, they got, they got a two-game lead on us right now. But... Um, you know, if they're able to lose another one, uh, and where if they're if if we're able to to somehow win the next uh, three in a row, and they're able to drop one out of the next three, I mean that's a big game in Gillette. You know what I mean? That could potentially put you in a position to overtake them um, and help you know catapult you into the playoffs. So like that, yeah, oh, that's so way. Like who knows what's even going to happen right. between all right, Justin. Um, very quietly this weekend. Um, the Buffalo Bills, I feel like they almost became a little devalued because they hit a little bit of a rough patch, right? They lost a few close games. They had a few bad injuries. The quarterback got hurt. I don't think he was quite the same for a few weeks. They went out and they won. Um, 
a, a big game against the Patriots this week. Very quietly now, the Buffalo Bills have slipped back into the number one seed in the AFC. Are the Buffalo Bills the best team in the NFL? We talked about this like five weeks ago. I think we both said they were. Then what happened? They hit a horrible rough patch, and, and they lost like two or three games, right? Yeah. And they haven't looked so good to the point where we've almost forgot about them a little. I still feel like, soup to nuts, that Buffalo team is the favorite. Yeah. So at this point, look, while I, while I still am very skeptical, and and and. You know, and I'm going to take it to the whole NFL now, not just the the AFC. I mean, I, while I still am very skeptical about the Eagles being able to uh, go out in the playoffs and, you know, successfully make a run and make it to the Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl, like like we've talked about, it just feels like something is going to go wrong for that team. Like it just feels like they're ready and ripe for like a first round disappointment. Um, I do have to say, like at this point, like it's tough to say they're not the best team in the NFL. Like it really is. Um, and I think that, you know, look right up there with the bills, we have to talk about, uh, the, the, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals and the, in, in the Kansas city chiefs, you know what I mean? Like the Bengals are a team, like they're getting hot at the right time. They're getting healthy at the right time. Um, that defense, you know, has very quietly been getting better and better. And that was a defense that early on in the year was very hurt. They were beat up in the secondary, and nobody really talked about it. Um, Jamar Chase is coming back. Joe Mixon is coming back. Like, they got their cornerbacks back. Um, And they've won four straight, including in Kansas City last weekend. Like, that's a team that you it's hard-pressed to say they're not one of the best in the NFL, too. So, like, I do think that the Bills are still one of the best teams in the NFL. I do think you can make an argument for them being number one. But I don't think, like... I don't think it's a it's a signed seal delivered like you know on uh, like guarantee like I think first couple of weeks like week two week three of the NFL season I think everyone was like oh this is by far the best team in the NFL like leaps and bounds um, and I think they've come back down to earth uh, but it, it's going to be very interesting you know Trey White's back now like can he stay healthy and can he make a big impact on defense right. Um, so, yeah, well, I mean, we'll see what happens with this team. Can they stay healthy and can they keep winning? Don't be surprised, Justin, if in like three or four weeks you're saying the same thing about the Buffalo Bills <clears throat> that we were saying about them in like week three or four, which is that they, they look like they're the best team, right? It's a long season. It's a 17-game season. No one goes 16-0. and 0, No one goes 17-0. and 0. Um, Every team gets a rough patch. The Bills are coming off a rough patch, but they're heating up. And I feel like when it comes down to it, you know, you 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 nailed the. There's a top tier in the NFL, and you hit the four top teams: it's the Eagles, Chiefs, Bengals, and Bills in some order. But if you're asking me who who am I taking number one, it's 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 probably the Buffalo Bills. But I do agree with you that you know, in the AFC, certainly, I think any of those teams could beat any of the other ones in any stadium at any time. Like I, like, I think, you know, you put Buffalo in Kansas city. I don't care if the game's in Kansas city, Buffalo or the planet Mars. I mean, that's going to be like a 50, 50 game. And you know what I mean? And, and it's going to come down to the last few minutes and it's going to come down to who plays better. And, and I don't think the teams are that different, but, but I still, you know, I, I really feel like we've almost forgotten a little bit about the Buffalo bills because they had a little adversity here and they may well still be, the best team in the NFL. Now um, you talk about the Eagles 
And we've talked about this Philadelphia team a lot. I think we were both very bullish on this Philadelphia team. And I think I even picked them to make the Super Bowl in our preseason preview. But then I pulled that back um, right before week one, if you remember. But one of the things I think we've said multiple times this year, Justin, is that we're both kind of expecting the Eagles just look like they're being set up for that fall from grace. Like they're going to be that team that goes 14 and two, a la Peyton Manning, you know, a la the Steelers back in the day. And then they're going to lose in the divisional round. Like that just feels like the story. It feels like it's like set up so perfectly for that. But I have to say, the more and more I watch this team, Philadelphia Eagles, the more and more I'm starting to believe in them. And and I feel like personally, Justin, I feel like it's less, it seems less and less likely that this Eagles team is going to fall apart at any point. And, and where I was like once pretty confident that, that someone was going to walk into Philadelphia in a divisional round and just knock them off because it was just so perfectly set up. You know, this Eagles team is proving their metal in a lot of different ways and they're proving they're legit in a lot of ways. And, And I'd say right now, I'm feeling more and more like, you know, they really are the team to beat in the NFC, if not the NFL right now. Yeah. So look, I, I, with this team, like if I think it's basically going to go one of two ways, right? Like if, if they lose, it's going to be in that first, uh, in their opening round and in, in the, in the divisional round, right? Like if, if, like if, if some team comes in and beats them in Philadelphia in the divisional round, I won't be, Super surprised. Now, if the Eagles are able to get past whoever that divisional opponent is, I fully well intend them, uh, expect them to win the NFC Championship and probably the Super Bowl. Like, that's just my opinion. Like, I think, like, if they're able to get that first playoff win under their belt, they're just going to roll. Like, that's so, I don't know. Maybe I could be completely wrong, but that's my feeling. It's either they get, they get knocked off, uh, after the bye week, or they roll uh, through the rest of the playoffs. Like, I, I don't see it being like a, uh, you know, they lose in the NFC Championship or they make it to the Super Bowl and lose. Like, I think it's it's one or the other. If, the, if I was an Eagles fan, I'm going to tell you the team that I would be absolutely terrified to face in the, in the full season. You want to take a guess? I, I would probably guess the Cowboys. That is exactly right. I, I think just like with the Bills and the Chiefs, and, I, and like I said, I'm becoming a believer in this Eagles team. Um, but you put that Cowboys Eagles game anywhere on the planet, Philadelphia, Dallas, anywhere to me, that's a 50, 50 game. Um, you know, I'm becoming a believer in the Eagles. Yes. I'm becoming a believer in the Eagles. Do I think it's, it's going to fall apart? Like I thought it was going to a few weeks ago. Well, no, I'm starting to believe them, but, but, but put that Dallas team into that Lincoln financial stadium in the second, third week of January, as a 50-50 game, in my opinion, right? They beat they beat Dallas pretty one-sidedly earlier in the year. Cooper Rush was the quarterback. Dak Prescott's back. He's getting healthy. The defense is good. Um, I, I really think that's the team that would frighten me if I was a Philadelphia fan. Yeah, no, 100%. And, you know, if, if anything, too, like, it's it's funny because, like, you know, the Cowboys are, are, are a great team. Uh, at least they appear to be a great team with a great defense. Like the type of defense that could, um, you know, potentially stifle the Eagles. They got one more meeting, right? The Eagles beat them first time around. Cooper Rush was the quarterback. Um, this Dallas team was still kind of getting like their feet underneath them at that point, right? Um, so, you know, okay, whatever. Philly goes out and beats them the first time around, and it wasn't a, like a whomping. It was, you know, they won kind of comfortably, but it definitely wasn't like a, you know, like an ass whooping. Um, 
you know, they play again uh, week 16, I believe, either 15 or 16. Um, and if the Eagles are somehow able to win that one, then I think I would even be more worried because the likelihood that you're able to beat a good Dallas team like that three times in a row, to me, that would be very, very difficult. So, like, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in week 16. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you just you just can't help but, but think that a team like the Dallas Cowboys will eventually, if you get three shots, um, will be able to figure it out one of them. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that, that would be very frightening to me if I was an Eagles fan, you know, really. I mean, it's, it's hard to beat a team three times in, in one season, you know, unless you're, unless you're Buffalo and you're playing the Patriots, then yeah. it's easy, but everyone else is really hard. So I totally agree with you. It's going to be a tough thing. And, 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 um, you know, um, it's, it, it, it could go either way. It, re- it really could, you know, but, but I will say, and if I was going to say one more thing about this Eagles team, Justin, it would be that we, we really forget about Jalen uh, Hurts in the um, MVP race, but, but, but it's time to, to put him right at the top. And like, you know, whether you want to go Mahomes, I, I couldn't fault you or Josh Allen. And I think Joe Barrow is, is, is making a charge for MVP right now. There's still a lot of football left, but Jalen Hurts, is it he deserves to be at the top of the list he deserves all the consideration for mvp and and i think that you know what limits why don't people talk about jalen hurst as an mvp to me this reminds me a lot of tom brady early in his career to be honest with you not to compare jalen hurts as a quarterback to tom brady but but people just couldn't believe that tom brady was as good as he looked because because he was a six round draft pick and he had zero expectations. And if you think, look at the things people said about Brady early in his career. Oh, you know, it's, he's a system quarterback, blah, blah, blah. It's Belichick. Everyone did everything that could undermine him. Brady never won an MVP until that 2007 year, you know, six, seven years into his career. And and at that point he, he had set records in order to do it. I feel like with Hertz being a late second round pick um, that really came from a very checkered pedigree in college. He, he was really forced out of Alabama by Tua Tagliavoloa and Mac Jones. Um, he had to go to establish himself at Oklahoma somewhere else. Um, was not a top prospect guy. Um, you know, again, couldn't keep the job at Alabama. I feel like that kind of hangs over him a little like a cop. People don't really respect this guy enough for what he's doing right now. Yeah, I, I think, look, for me, I think the bias against him or you know, and I and I don't really have any bias against him anymore. I think he's a very good quarterback. I think, like you said, he's deserving of an MVP consideration. He's clearly shown that he's uh, an elite weapon. He can he can throw the ball. He can run the ball. He seems to be a good leader. Um, so I, I'm all, I'm bought in completely on Jalen Hurts. I think the bias that people have, like you said, going back to um, his draft status. Not only that, but I didn't think he was that good at Alabama. Like, I really didn't. Like, I thought he was just a product of a great team and a great coach. Like, I mean, he was basically playing on an NFL uh, roster when he was in college, and I thought that gave him a big boost, um, and I really was not sold on him at all. But now, you know, he's risen to the challenge. Um, he's really shown that, like, he can he can come into his own, like, his own, and he looks comfortable. Like, he looks really good, and he's continuing to get better and better, like, year by year, week by week. Um, 
so yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely bought in on Jalen Hurts right now. And if there's anybody who hasn't uh, been able to buy in on him, if you're still holding out, I don't know what else, you know what more you're gonna need. But uh, there's a very good chance he goes out and and wins the Super Bowl this year. And if that happens, I think that puts all the doubts to to bed. He he's not just doing it with his legs. Like it, it, that's sort of the perception out there. It's it's not an accurate perception. Like he right. throws the ball very really well. well. Yes, he does. And, 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 and just to tie it back to New England too, I mean, look what they've surrounded him with. A great offensive line, a couple great running backs that can actually make plays in the passing game. And oh, by the way, two really good receivers, a really good pass catch tight end. Like, you know, the Patriots need to look at, at, at what other teams are doing with these young quarterbacks. You look at what two has gotten. You look at what Hurts has gotten. Um, Patriots need to give that to Mac Jones this this offseason. If it, you know, because I still feel like they they what whether whatever he is, and we'll find out. I don't feel like you can make a fair evaluation of him this year, um, based on the circumstances around him. But you need to put better talent around him. And and you just look at that Philadelphia team; it's a perfect example. And 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 Hertz has been able to flourish, flourish um, because of that. All right, Justin. I think that's all the time we're going to take tonight. Do you have any other thing you want to bring up? Any other topics you want to discuss? No, honestly, I'll just I'll just end the Eagles talk by just saying, you know, one more thing that it looks like we're going to have to eat crow on. Um, you know, we talked about how we were wrong about Mike McDaniel, uh, Nick Sirianni. We said at the beginning of the yeah. year, you know, we said no way that guy's a leader of men. Like, you that know, was he's, last. Huh? That was last. That was last year. We said that. Last year, and, and but we still weren't sold on him this year either, right? So, I mean, look, I think that's a guy that like it looks like we're gonna eat crow on too, because like nobody really talks about him. Um, he yeah. kind of he kind of flies under the radar, but he's very uh, quietly and impressively like put together one of the best teams in football. Um, and no matter how stacked that roster is, you know what I mean. You, you the coach has something to do with the uh, the, the performance, oh, and you no know what question. I mean. I have to give Sirianni a, a lot, a lot of credit for what he's been able to do. And we, you know, my recollection is I don't really think we said much about Sirianni this year. I didn't, I don't remember, but definitely last year we were all over the guy. And look, he's proven that he's a good coach. He's, he's done, he's done a good job. And that, you know, and, and as you alluded to, you know, it's not like the guy, you know, was inherited Peyton Manning or Joe Montana. Like he developed Jalen Hurts. He surrounded him with talent. He's put it all together. So, um, you know, he certainly deserves a lot of the credit for what's happening in Philadelphia. All right, Justin, anything else, my man, before we wrap it up for the week? No, man, that's it. Um, let's uh, let's hope Patriots can take care of business, right? We got a we got a primetime game coming up, right? Monday night game. I'm time game four in a row, or it was four in a row. Patriots flexed uh, next week to a Sunday day, which I think is great because I'm tired of night games, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I can't complain. I, I can't complain. I don't blame the league either. I mean, I, no, I would flex that not, game too. They have not availed themselves well in primetime. I mean, the last few times, I think the last four times they, they've played in primetime, I think they've been outscored like two to one. Yeah. So, you know, they, they, they get him blown out. So, you know, it's, 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 you know, look how the mighty have fallen. Sure. But I mean, clearly from a national perspective, I get it. I really do. Yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess we can wrap it up. Yeah. We will. Uh, I mean, well, let's do that. Let's wrap it up. I want to thank everyone who listened. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dr. Football podcast. 
Um, we'll get, we'll catch you next week. We'll definitely record again after this game on Monday night in Arizona. And let's just hope that the Patriots are able to stay in it for one more week, my friend. Other than that, enjoy the holiday season, everyone. Have a great week and we'll catch you next time. Take it easy, guys.